Section 17 of Hidden Treasures. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chessie Joy. Hidden Treasures by Harry A. Lewis. Thurlow Weed. Who indeed has not heard of Thurlow Weed, the kingmaker? Born at Cairo, Green County, New York november fifteenth seventeen ninety seven his father was a teamster and farmer the reader can get some insight into the seemingly mysterious power he held for so many years when it was known that so great was his thirst for knowledge that he was glad to wrap bits of a rag carpet about his feet and thus shod walk through the snow two miles to borrow a history of the french revolution which he mastered at night stretched before the sap-bush fire the more one investigates the character and lives of those men whom we so often envy the more we are forced to see that it was will-power rightly directed that overcame all obstacles certain it is to this that thurlow weed owes his everlasting fame as the american warwick for knowledge is power he first left the farm work as a cabin boy on a Hudson River steamboat bound for New York, but being born a journalist, he soon drifted into a printing office, where he became a good journeyman. When the Second War with Great Britain broke out, he enlisted, and served on the northern frontier, where by faithfulness he became quartermaster sergeant. When the war was over, he returned to the printing office, being at one time in the same establishment with the late James Harper finally he started a paper at oxford new york in eighteen eighteen he afterward became connected with the onondaga times which he finally changed to the republican for the next few years he is connected with several different papers until we find him in rochester at the head of the anti-masonic inquirer about this time the body of a man who had drowned in lake ontario was found and it was claimed that his name was morgan if so he was a renegade mason a question of identity was raised but as his murder was boldly asserted to have been the work of masonry it caused a great excitement for the time being this excitement divided the political parties into mason and anti-mason factions anti-masonry was the political fertilizer which produced the astonishing growth of the assiduous weed he being sent to the assembly twice mainly on that issue while at Albany, his ability as a party leader becoming so apparent, he was decided upon as the proper person to assume the party leadership against the obnoxious Albany Regency, the great Democratic power in New York State at the time. He accordingly moved to Albany and assumed the editorship of the Albany Evening Journal. Weed was one of the men who consolidated the anti-Jackson, anti-Mason, and old federal factions into the whig party the regency with which he had to deal consisted of such men as martin van buren silas wright william l marcy and others of equal ability such were the men with whom he was pitted but soon they found him in every way worthy of their steel no one when speaking of this great political warrior ever thought or spoke of him as a millionaire seemingly no one cared how much he was worth but what did worry them was what will be the outcome of the secret conclave 
which we now suspect to be in progress at the headquarters of the opposition of the albany regency he went to battle fearlessly and his terse pen dealt stinging blows straight in the face of the opponent indeed as an editor he has been rarely equalled while greeley would devote a column to an article he would take the same subject in a few words put the argument in such shape as to carry far more conviction his two terms in the state assembly wound up his career as a legislator although he could have had any place within the gift of his party from eighteen thirty to eighteen sixty his ambition was not to hold office but to rule men and it is well known that his desires were accomplished he was a great dictator being largely instrumental as an independent adviser in the selection of harrison taylor and scott his first trial of personal strength in this line was when he secured the nomination and election of his personal friend william h seward as the first whig governor of new york mr seward who was an unobtrusive man was one time riding with the driver on a stage when that dignitary asked the stranger his name and business as was customary when people did not volunteer the information the answer was why i'm william h seward governor of the state this was too good for the driver whose answer was a loud laugh plainly implying that he thought the gentleman was giving a most cute but evasive answer don't you believe me asked seward of course not replied the driver mr seward who was acquainted with the proprietor of the next hotel they came to agreed to leave it to him in time they arrived and the driver calling out the landlord immediately said this man says he is governor of new york state and we have left the matter to you yes broke in seward am i not governor of the state the answer came quick and sharp no but thurlow weed is there exclaimed the ignorant driver who could not see the point at once i knew you weren't governor of new york state in eighteen sixty four mr weed sold the journal but never entirely suspended literary work he afterward assumed the editorship of the new york commercial advertiser and often sent letters to the tribune in eighteen eighty two shortly before his death the country was set in a flutter by his publishing the entire details relating to the morgan matter which he had kept all this time claiming it would injure certain parties but as the last had died it was now made public on november twenty third of the same year one more great journalist passed away he left a large estate but a larger host of friends end of section seventeen thurlow weed